Ohio. Absolutely beautiful. Very, very exciting. And tomorrow he will be installed as the shepherd. And he spoke of being a father. He spoke of the goodness of being a son of God or daughter of God. He spoke of having roots and wings. And uh, I know that all of us, whether faithful Catholic or searching or seeking, resonated with that message and yearning to know God more fully. So we welcome you to Ignite Radio Live. This is Stephanie and Greg, and we have our wonderful eldest, Annie. Hello. (laughs) So Peter Herbeck said it's time to move. You won't read about this in the papers or see it on TV, but the greatest news is that the Holy Spirit is alive and moving us, inviting us to be instruments of God's grace. We want more than simply a feel-good moment here, you know, a Catholic hot tub where we hear a great talk or a a great, uh, you know, retreat or experience that is fleeting. We want to invite you to join us in opening up our hearts and availing them to God's movement in this very moment. So an important disclaimer, um, it's a fearful thing for us to be speaking of God because we have not yet conquered. We desire to be conquered. I'm here before all of you as a husband and father, very imperfect and seeking God's grace. And uh, I want to invite you to join me in that place of our imperfection, our sin, without which we really don't need a savior to uh, really embark upon the great expanse of God's grace. So we have a very special guest with us tonight, a a young, on-fire Catholic evangelist, an HBO star, author, international speaker, drumroll, Justin Fatika is his name. So stay tuned and stay by your phones as we consider the question, how to reach the lost with love. And we invite you, our listeners, whether it is locally or through the web or whatever way you feel comfortable, to actively participate through Facebook at Ignite the Planet. Tweet to us at Image Trinity using hashtag Ignite the Planet. Email us at alive at massimpact.us. And when we open the phone lines, are you ready for the number? Call 877-275-8098. Still saying we need a jingle for that number. Um, So anyways, this Sunday, um, this is about a journey. This is about an ultimate adventure. And most of the time, you know, we're on the sidelines spectating another adventure, whether watching a movie or reading a book. And the truth is, God calls us, that's the DNA of our desire, God's built-in desire for us to participate in the ultimate journey, the ultimate drama of our lives, which is discovering our identity and mission in Jesus Christ. Christ reveals to us our nature, and this is through liturgy. So we are about the great adventure of our identity and mission in Jesus Christ. Just a little word on this coming Sunday's gospel in Matthew 22. Um, You know, we may ask the question, what are we living for? Right now, it's worth asking. I need to ask this question. What am I living for? I can speak those words, but in the core of my heart, what do my desires and actions reveal me to be living for? You know, what's most important in my life? I'd like to say it's my wife and kids, but brothers and sisters out there, I know I need deeper purification. I got to look in the mirror and ask these things. And Jesus summarizes the answer to that question. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In one word, our lives are about love. And that's what we're about tonight. 
And so um, let's set the stage. So before we turn in, uh, in a moment, we're going to take a break and we're going to bring in Justin. But let's set the stage. Where are young people at today? I asked Anne-Marie to do a little survey, a little search, and see kind of where are we at today, particularly young people. So lay it, us on, lay it on us, Annie. Okay, so according to Teen Mania, teens ages 13 to 18 years old play 14 hours of video games per week. 34% of teens become pregnant before the age of 20. 48% of high school students report that they have had sex. 40% of teens inflict self-injury. An estimated one in every 200 girls aged 13 to 19 cut themselves regularly. Whoa. 48% of teens use drugs and alcohol. That's almost 50%. And 4,000 teens commit suicide each year. Those are some heavy numbers. Our upcoming guest, Justin Fatika, works very closely with the faces behind those numbers. You may know Justin um, by an HBO commentary, his books, his evangelization team events, speaking around the world, or appearances on network television. He is everywhere. We are particularly blessed to have him as our first guest because we knew him when he was just a, <laughs> Greg wants to say punk kid in high school, but I, I would back, say, man, you would say that. a feisty, on fire in a different way uh, kind of teen. In fact, Justin actually crashed our first date. More on that later. Yes. To pique your appetite. Absolutely. Um, he was actually on our first evangelization team in Erie, Pennsylvania. And he's actually muted on the phone right now, so, so he can't, he can't say anything. respond love it. to any of that. He's practicing one-arm push-ups. Anyways, we're going to go right to prayer and then go to this break. And uh, stay tuned. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we come before you wanting to keep it real. You meet us where we're at. You meet us in this moment with our concerns, our struggles, our inadequacies. And we thank you, God, that you made us incomplete. We thank you, God, that you made us of privation, that you yourself could be our provision. And not simply, Lord, that we would experience your grace, but that it would overflow, Lord, that you call us to have your heart, your love, as we encounter your healing, merciful love to pour into us and to reach other people who are so hungry in this moment to know you, God, to know you alive. So, Lord, we ask your blessing on us that you open our hearts and uh, equip us, God, for your great urgent mission right now. And we ask this in your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And Joseph, I'm losing some sound. you got to bring up my sound, buddy. You're with Ignite Radio Live. A few commercials, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. Hey, everybody. I'm John Paul Schleter and one of six children, which means we're pretty busy. In fact, one weekend, we had eight soccer games, four cross-country meets, and a bunch of other events. But you know what the best part of it was? Besides Mass, of course. Setting aside time as a family to talk and pray. I want to invite you to go right now to massimpact.us. Check out the Live It Gathering Guide. It's new every week. A great way for families to talk and pray based upon Sunday readings. Your kids will grump at the idea. 
expect it, but trust me, it will be the best 30 minutes you will spend in a long, long time. It will help you all experience God alive in your family relationships that make your house a home. Join us now at MassImpact.us. Thanks, Mom. That was pretty awesome. Did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy? Did you watch the Packer game? How's your portfolio? Pizza is awesome. What we talk about doesn't just reveal what's important to us. It reveals who's important to us. This week, take a risk to grow deeper. Consider throwing in one of these. What's your biggest challenge right now? Hey, what can I pray for you for? What can I do to make your life easier right now? How about joining us for Mass this Sunday? Yeah, and coming over for breakfast. Let's pray the Holy Communion we receive correspond to a holy community we live. This has been a Mass Impact Moment. Join the great adventure at massimpact.us. And then we'll turn to how God's love through us can change the world around us. So, Justin, welcome. And let's start with what's with Rocky Balboa? <laughs> I can't believe you used that as the intro, that great. That's hilarious. Oh, man, we've been using that intro since I was a kid. Uh, when I went on ABC Nightline, the John Donvan asked me, so why do you sound like Rocky Balboa, you know? <laughs> I said, because when, when I was in the fifth grade, all those lunch detentions, you know, I used to always go list, uh, watch Rocky Balboa, and he used to make me feel better. So he, Rocky Balboa planted the <laughs> seed for me to accept Christ in my life. So anyone can believe that. That's awesome. That's when you were only like two years old, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I love Rocky. He's great. My, actually, my fourth, my fourth kid is named Rock, Rocco. And uh, everybody's like, my brother's like, you named him after Rocky Balboa. I said, no, there's a St. Rocco. But actually, I can't lie. A lot, a lot of it does have to do with Rocky Balboa. But also, St. Rocco's pretty good, too. He's, he's a big healer. Hey, yo, Rocco, Rocco. Hey, well, Justin. Rocco. We're going to get down to it. It is awesome to hear your voice. You are a good brother in Christ, and we have been so blessed to journey with you. But we're going to start at the very beginning because. It's a very good place there to we start. There we go. We can't, we can't love God and love others unless we've experienced His love first. So share with us a little bit of your background story of how you encountered God's love. Well, I encountered God's love because, you know, I was broken, even though, like a lot of young people, they don't know they're broken. You know, they don't understand what being broken is. And I didn't really understand it, but I was broken. And I wanted love. I, I, I wanted encouragement. And like, like we all do, even as adults, uh, we desire to be encouraged. We desire to be loved. We desire to be cared for. And I was desiring at the depths of my soul. And, uh, you know, I had a, <clears throat> I had a walk where, I, you know, I was an athlete. I, I had a lot of great friends. I, had a, you know, I grew up in a more of a country club kind of uh, atmosphere of my life. And, you know, a mom, a dad, Italian pasta dinners, you know, on Sundays, 
you know, but my faith was more, I was more of a cafeteria Catholic, you know, picking and choosing what I wanted to do and didn't really pray from my heart. Mm-hmm. Like Aristotle says, you know, the education of the mind without the education of the heart is no education at all. Mm-hmm. And for me, I knew about God, but I didn't know who God was. And I had a teacher, his name was Father Larry Richards, and some people out there might know who he is. And he, he really challenged me, and I couldn't stand the guy. He drove me nuts, to be honest. <laughs> hey, Justin, and, uh, tell you got your train of thought. Tell, tell the story when you first encountered Father at the desk, the desk story. Or we should say when Father oh, yeah, Larry yeah. first encountered you. Oh, we, we used to go at it. You know, I, I, gave, I gave Father Larry a run for, run for his money, that's for sure. And we'd go at it, and one time he was bothering me. So he, he, wasn't in, he was uh, writing on the chalkboard at the time, and I walk into class, and I put my... I take my shoes off and put them up on his desk. And Father Larry, if anyone knows him, can just imagine a kid putting, you know, his feet on his desk. And all of a sudden he turns around and goes, get your feet off that desk now. Oh. And he used to have a, actually used to have a unibrow and, uh, you know, it was like fluttering in the air, like spazzing at me. And he said, get your feet off that desk now, Fatika. And I said, you say please, Father. <laughs> and he w- he went crazy. Oh. He took me out of the class, jacked me up on the wall. And in his book, he tells the story that he swore at me, you know, and he yelled at me. And I think he might have done that, you know, who knows. But all I heard was is that I had potential. <laughs> like I had, I had some potential there, you know, because somebody, like, put themselves out there to care for me. So for our and, audience... Uh, eventually, so putting things in perspective, here you are, a freshman at a kind of an elite Catholic high school. You're not living yeah, on the streets. Junior, junior in high school. Oh, you're a junior high school. Okay. You, you, you were not destitute. You came from a family of great means. Your dad r- r- ran a corporation. And um, in spite of this provision, in spite of having all the things that the world would really love, you have the Samuel thing going on, right? The Saul thing going on, I should say. There's something missing. So go ahead. Yeah, so later on, I got a letter from Father, and it basically said something like this, I don't like you, and you don't like me, but I pray for you every day by name, and I pray that you realize that Jesus Christ loves you. And actually, at that point, I was in our boys' school, so you get a letter from a man, first of all, that's awkward. You get a letter from your mother. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get letters from men. You know, who writes letters anyway? So I was already in an awkward moment. So I read the letter out loud in class, like I was some wimp to Father, and he's, like, getting mad and the whole deal. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Father, for your letter. But I was so uncomfortable because I couldn't believe a man. Mm-hmm. And then I read it again after class was over. Because mm-hmm. a lot of you out there think, like, oh, a kid doesn't care about you because they pick on you or mess with you. They're only messing with you probably because they're uncomfortable if mm-hmm. you're loving that, loving on them. Mm-hmm. And so... After I got that letter, I knew that there was something about Father, even though I still struggled with him. And then after that, I go into a, a time where I made a mistake, where, where I thought I got a girl pregnant, and, and I was scared, and I, mm. you know, I didn't know what to do. And, mm. and so I said, I'll do, what do I do? Uh, and Father always would say, hey, go on this retreat called Tech. And I go on this retreat called Tech, which is confession and adoration. And for the first time, I remember in front of the cross, at adoration, I looked at the cross, and I, I, I knew the love of God. I knew, knew for the first time that he cared for me, that he loved me. And I really, on my heart, heart said, I'll, I'll do anything for you mm-hmm. because you gave everything for me. And for the first time, I had that moment with Christ. And then 
after that was where I met you and and you, Greg, and Seth, and you weren't even married at the time. Let me pause you a second, Justin, because I think Stephanie has an inside story behind the scenes of something that happened there at that particular event. She's shaking her head no. We don't want to tell the Hinkler, Fatika, push-up. Chin-breaking story. Okay, well, let's just say one of the quarter, quarterback of the football team and Justin got a little bit sidetracked at this retreat, and we happened to be out, you know, leaders on this retreat hiding around the corner, and we hear these two students, and uh, and they're challenging each other. Who's who could be more macho about doing push-ups? And it's just two of them. It's the quarterback and it's Justin, and let's just say the quarterback – uh, I think lost the bet, and I think his head hit the ground and his chin. And all we heard from around the corner was, "There's not that much blood." <laughs> what are we doing at this point, or not? So, anyways, I'm sorry. It's a funny little folksy moment. So after yeah, then we tech, had to go, and then and then with Father Larry, we had to go to the emergency room. The three of us. Oh. So it after tech. Tell us what happened after Tech. We met you, of course. I was new to the city. I was, at, I was shared last week. I was at Mount St. Mary's and brought Mount 2000 and all that out there. And God called me to uh, marriage and family life. Didn't know yet. And we had this retreat movement. And we needed somebody, anybody, to be on this retreat team. Everybody. I didn't know superstar high school kids who were living it out and were dynamic. I just said, hey, Father, can you hook me up with six kids that have hearts to evangelize, you know, broken, incomplete, and so you're on our heart and soul team. Then, do you want to continue the story from there? How how did that impact you? Yeah, so that really was where it all began. Where basically I said to God, "Hey, you you help me through this." The girl ended up not being pregnant. I was through that like hurdle. So I was like, I'm not sinning anymore because I found out that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I found out that my hope is in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, through Father and his mission. Well, then it was like, now what do you do? I want to go out and make a difference. And so this was this great opportunity with something called Heart and Soul, which was a team, a team of, of youth that Greg and Steph, you led it. And basically that was where all my discipleship came. Actually, I'll never forget, I was in the airport and I was looking, you know, I see a priest, I get blood, I look for a blessing, right? Well, I see this bishop. And he, I go, oh, man, a bishop, it's like double the blessing. So I go, bishop, can I have a blessing? And the bishop says, what line of work do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a, I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. And, and really, with your heart and soul, where I learned, started to learn how to bring the gospel and how to be a witness mm-hmm. through you guys and how to live out my faith. So I, I go to this bishop. I go, I'm a preacher. And he goes, oh, what denomination are you? And I go, oh, I'm Catholic. And he goes, awesome. I didn't know we had those, you know? <laughs> and it ended up it ended up being Bishop Kevin Rose. Yeah, awesome, who man. actually was your bishop. Well he's a good friend at the mount. Came, yeah. Yeah, at the mount. Who ended up he blessed me, he still encourages me. And I told him about what Heart and Soul did for me. And he goes, Oh, how's Greg doing? And oh, is he married? I'm like, Yeah. Oh, he's got all these kids. He goes, oh, I do. He was going to have a lot of kids. You know, like, and he was, like, so encouraged. And really, I told him about what Heart and Soul did for me. It did, did for me three different things. One, it discipled me, which I think once people meet Christ, it's so important that they get somebody that spends time with them. You guys made me feel like a family. I'd always hang out with you. I'd even... You know, I'd go to, you know, where you lived. I'd play basketball with you, Greg. It was those moments that then you taught me to live the hours. 
Like this morning, I prayed the liturgy hours. Why do I do that? Mm. I do that because you and Steph taught me how to do that. You know, I'm on the road, you know, traveling. Why do I pray an hour each day and do my very best to get that silent time with God? It's because you challenged me. And Father Larry challenged me to pray that hour, that I had those people in my life. And it was those times. So number one, it decided me. Number two, what it did for me, it gave me hope that the walk is a reality, mm. that you can live this. Amen. And that's what Steph, you you did for me and Greg. And the last thing, in a particular way, it gave me models, you know, a, a witness, not just saints up in the sky, up in heaven, which are great. We should have them as our models. But it gave me saintly examples. And everybody needs saintly examples here on earth. And you... You, Steph, and, and you, Greg, have been that, and I can't tell you. And that's why I'm on this call, just so you know. It's pretty <laughs> funny to laugh. I'm at yeah. Universal Studios right now in, in California and in Hollywood, right? Yep. That's where I'm at. And I'm kneeling next, because my, my charger, you know me, I'm a doozy bot. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, my phone was dead, so I'm plugged in right now. <laughs> Universal Studios kneeling down next to a garbage can. This is how much you you both mean to me. That's that's awesome, Justin. We love you too, Justin. That's Justin. So for our listening audience, you know, Justin, Peter Herbeck from Renewal Ministries uses this just clear you know analogy just you got to be all in we got to in, in jesus christ we got a full house what keeps us from being all in for jesus and i have to say justin something clicked in you very evidently that made you um a broken leader one who was comfortable with your brokenness you saw that god chooses the broken and that's the occasion for his grace to come through um and we'd hear the stories about justin working at erie seawolves and he was the pop man and even in the secular world out there in the culture you're hearing about this boy, our brother, my little brother, Justin, you know, in a way, evangelizing the masses, the crowds. You get the crowds going, and you knew them by name, and you brought the love to them in that arena, which was pretty awesome. So anyways, you navigated through college, high school. Tell us what happened in the transition into college, the challenges, the struggles, and, uh, you know, how did God move you then? Well, it was like sink or swim in college, because you go to college, and who's going to you know, who's really living their faith? And, you know, I went to a Catholic university. They have daily mass. You know, and I was going to daily mass. I was like, I need to find someone breathing that loves Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because it's such a challenge. And so I just started knocking on doors. You know, like, is there anyone breathing? You know what I mean? And, and I just say, hey, so, you know, where'd you grow up? You know, hey, were you ever involved with your faith? And one out of a hundred times, I'd find somebody. One time I walked in and there was this girl there and she was crying. She was homesick or whatever. And I said, she, I go, why are you crying? She goes, I'm homesick. I go, you need Jesus in your life. You wouldn't mm. cry so much. And she mm. threw, me, threw me out of her room. And now <laughs> no we're sensitive. married. So I always tell people, I always, I always tell people, you know, if you don't like me uh, the first time, I always uh, rub off on you. It was really in that moment meeting Mary who ended up becoming my wife. Love you know, Mary. You know, five and a half years later. It was in meeting her and meeting Brian Greenfield, who's one of our speakers with Heart as Nails Ministry still to this day. It was meeting one of my best friends, my best man at my wedding, Ken Nelson, who has great faith. It was, I think, what's so important in anybody's life, in anybody's faith walk. Okay, not only do you need models, right? Mm -hmm. You need models in your life, but then you need those that can go on the walk with you. 
And that's what I found in college. I fought for it. I would do anything. I knew the Bible verses equal 30, 26 by heart. It was the first Bible verse I learned. Mm. God will take your stony heart mm. and turn it into your natural heart, your new heart. And I got a new heart, and I wasn't giving it away. Because once you truly meet Christ, you never give it away. You, you always go back and say, I want this, I need this, when it's an authentic conversion. That's awesome, Justin. And more than that, you were convicted of a vision of forming a team of young adults that would um, become evangelists. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we started something called the 12 Apostles Program. I basically took heart and soul on all that I learned, right? And said, all right, <laughs> oh, it, it worked with Greg and Steph, so why can't it work here, right? And, and then we just started trapped right away. Brian and Ken and Mary and, you know, Eric and all these other, you know, souls just started committing to Christ. We started praying daily, going to daily, and just getting out there and doing the impossible. Mm. Because my, my thing is, be there hot or cold, not lukewarm, or, or God will spit you out of his mouth, Revelation 3.16. You know, what that means is, is that, you know, go all in. Give it everything you got. If you fail, you fail. Fail with enthusiasm. <laughs> you know, Christ only had... You know, Christ only had three people at his funeral, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's not like if you were to look at his successes, it's not like he had 10,000 people at his funeral saying, what a guy that Jesus Christ was, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we, he failed too, so we got to keep it going. And we started this and just started traveling, and that's where it began. That's where the mission began, the mission to awaken, to awaken the world to the power of God's love, which is our mission. Which is amazing. Hey, Justin, do you remember going to the Rich Mullins concerts? Were you part of that with us at the early oh, days, yeah, the first time you came to Steubenville? That was, yeah, that was phenomenal. The very first that one. Was, that was, I think you may have come yeah, the very I first time that. when he came to Steubenville, first time at a Catholic campus, really didn't know what to expect. And it was at Christ the King Chapel. They hadn't built the field house yet. And he was blown away by this packed church of people that knew his music as he says better than he did and what was awesome about that is at the end of that concert for an hour and a half we continued to praise and worship god wasn't that amazing and afterwards we prayed with him it's like our heart and soul team prayed with him prayed over him it was pretty pretty powerful back then yeah it was a super neat experience and it was like all those experiences like at steubenville and you know the times we traveled in the van and prayed our rosary and it was it was all those different unique experiences that I got. I never forget, you know, you wouldn't know this because I probably was an authentic at the time. But even just being asked to pray a decade of the rosary, mm -hmm. I used to always wait until Greg or Steph said, hey, you pray this decade. Because it meant so much that mm -hmm. I got to pray with someone. And I wow. think we forget how much we mean to each other. Yeah. And we forget how powerful it is just to ask somebody, hey, pray with me. Even if they don't like it, they do appreciate that you care enough to pray with them. Amen. Justin, we're going to close out this segment in a sec second, and we'll be back on the other side and share with everybody, you know, what does it take to claim the lost with love, to reach them with love is where we're going to go at and, and hear some of your stories and some of your heart. But my question for you as we close this is, how do you keep renewed knowing God's love for you? You know, how I keep, keep being renewed is, number one, going back to my vocation, which is my marriage. Mm. You know, every, you know, when I come back from a tour, my favorite thing, one of my most favorite things to do in life is to go on a date night with my wife. I look forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to it after this trip right now, you know, being away 10 days from your family and your wife. And I go, go out, and every time, 
time, that date night, um, 20, 30, 40 minutes, all of a sudden the tears would just start coming mm. down my mm. my face. And it shows me how much I need my wife. Mm. You know, how much, you know, this isn't my mission, this is our mission. Mm. You know, and, and then, like, my daughter, like, I was struggling, my friend almost... Uh, killed himself last year and he put a cable around his neck and i was there in the hospital with him and the next morning i woke up for prayer and i was really down like if i can't help my friend i'm going to help these thousands thousands of people across the nation and the world and, and i was so down i was discouraged even a give up moment you know mm-hmm. and i went over to a table and there was 30 letters from my daughter that she she didn't oh. know i found them but they said daddy i love you oh. the first thing that refuels me is my family mm. you know i need them they need me i gotta take care of them and protect them and honor them and lead them in prayer our daily rosary and get them to daily mass at least three to five times a week as much as i can mm. but you know what they also lead me by loving That's me awesome. so i need them and number two what refuels me is i tell everyone getting up an hour early before my family does, you know? Just getting up before they do and sitting there in silence and listening to God and saying, what do you want from me? So those are the two things I I would say that refuel me so much. Awesome. Along with daily mass, along with my consecration to Jesus through Mary. Wonderful, wonderful. We're with Ignite. You're with Ignite Radio Live and Justin Fatika. And uh, on the next side, we're going to be talking about reaching the lost with love. you to join us every day in setting aside just one minute to pray a simple prayer to the Holy Spirit. Join us now as we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For ourselves we pray. O most Holy Spirit, come and ignite the great fire of your love. Set it ablaze in our minds and hearts. For all families we pray. O Most Holy Spirit, come and ignite the great fire of your love. Set it ablaze in our minds and hearts. For our church and our parish in particular, we pray. O Most Holy Spirit, come and ignite the great fire of your love. Set it ablaze in our minds and hearts. For our world, we pray. O Most Holy Spirit, come and ignite the great fire of your love. Set it ablaze in our minds and hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's it. Pretty simple, but pretty powerful. Join the prayer at MassImpact.us. Not just a moment, a movement. This is an Ignite Flash Fire moment. Right now, can you think of one person you know who's struggling, in need of knowing God's love? If someone came to mind, God just spoke to your heart. We're going to light it up right now. Send them a quick message. It could be by Facebook, email, text message. Make it short and sweet. Simply tell them you were thinking about them. You appreciate them. You're praying for them. You're in it with them. That God loves them. If we respond to this simple flash fire prompting right now, together we'll move his kingdom a big step forward. Ignite Flash Fire is brought to you by MassImpact.us. Not just a moment, a movement. Ignite Radio Live. We are with Justin Fatika and talking about reaching the lost with love. 
If you have a thought or question, here's the number. 877-275-8098. Also plug in online, in particular at Ignite the Planet on Facebook or at Image Trinity using the hashtag Ignite the Planet. So Justin, you spend a lot of time on the road reaching many, many people, in particular the youth, um, so many who are struggling. What do we need to understand about that culture today? Yeah, I mean, I was just in Westchester County, New York, a couple weeks ago. I've been in California for the past six days, but... I, w- I was at an event and the, the, the event was packed, you know, it was so packed that the parents, there was 150 parents who had to stand in the back. Mm. And uh, they, in New York, it's right by New York City, so if you can understand, they, they, they feel like they're so busy, right? So they have their like arms up, like, you know, everybody's like, all right, this better be good, buddy. Because, you know, if you don't got something good for us, I'm getting out of here because I got money to make and I got things to do, right? So all of a sudden, I, I there was a point in the event where I, I don't know, call it Holy Spirit, call it frustration, who knows, right? I just go, we think the problem's heroin, right? Hmm. We think the problem's these kids ending their life. Those are problems. But, you know, I go all throughout this nation hearing kids and their stories and the challenges they face. And there's one thing I can tell you is the problem. Anyone want to know? Raise your hand. And all their, all their hands get unfolded and they all raise their hand. What, you want to know the problem? I'll tell you. Your kids are lonely. Mm-hmm. They're lonely. They want a hug. They want you to love them. They want you to spend time with them. They want you to hold them and care for them and encourage them and build them up and i you could hear a pin drop i mean at that moment i said because i waited after that for another 15 20 seconds they're lonely and i really think that we don't realize and, and why i know they're lonely is 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 that even at today's event you know every event is the same thing they pour their struggles out they're writing down they're depressed mm-hmm. they're writing down they want to end their life they're writing down that they don't have a dad in their life mm-hmm. And I asked the kid, how many of you didn't know that your friends were suffering this much? Raise your hand. And everybody raises their hand. Mm. And why? Because if we spend time with people, we know what they're going through. And you know what? I think the key start of caring for young people is to suffer with them. Mm. That's what Christ did. That's why I follow Christ. Because they suffer He suffered with me. He didn't say, oh, come on, get tough, buddy. What are you crying for? You need Jesus, you know what I mean? What he said was, I'm going to go through this with you. And what I did is last night I had a parent event, and I asked them to write down their struggle. And one parent got up last night. And last night one of the parents gets up, and he says, I want to share my story. What happened to me is I murdered someone, third-degree manslaughter, because I was an alcoholic. And I got in a car, and I killed someone. And in that car, my, my son was in that car with me, and you might know this, but my son, my son has internal brain damage. He goes, the only thing that has healed me from it has been Jesus Christ. Mm. 
This is what this guy said last night. And I think the second thing is, is we have to know how much people really do need Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can't be afraid mm-hmm. to listen to their hearts and to also share with them the love of Christ. Justin, that's awesome. And it is so true, particularly for Catholics, we can be very conceptual, can't we? We, we can uh, answer correctly in a multiple choice exam. We can be uh, ritualistically proper and perfect in prayer rosaries. What you're speaking about when you're in these contexts, and I was blessed to be there last year to see you, was an amazing moment for me to um, be at Cardinal Stritch when my daughter was at high school, to see you come into that context. And to basically, these are good kids from good families, and yet that veneer was there. And you, you, by God's grace, ripped it out, and they were able to connect with their hearts and see their connection to Christ and his brokenness. You gave them permission to be in the broken heart of Christ, and that was the basis for tremendous healing and tremendous transformation. And you're seeing that all over the country, aren't you? Yeah, and it's humbling. You know, it happens every event, but it hurts. You know, it hurts a lot. And... um it hurts because, you know, like Ephesians 2 8 says, For by, that, by grace I've been saved through faith. It's not a gift from me, it's a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And it hurts me to know that when I came to Christ, I had Father Larry, I had Greg, I had Steph, you know, I had the Tuies, the list goes on. You know, these people. And then mm-hmm. I went to college and I had these people and that people. And you know what? It hurts because how many times. Does someone have an experience with Christ? Or how many times do they have that moment? Or how many times they never got that moment? Mm-hmm. But we get that moment. That's not fair. That's not right. Mm-hmm. And that's what impassions me. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me going. Who am I to know the love of Christ? Who am I to even to get the encouragement that I get from Christ and his cross and his resurrection and through his saints, through his church? Who am I? I don't deserve that. Everyone deserves that. Every single soul. And and that's why my wife sacrifices what she does to have me on the road like we do. That's why we choose to do this as a united front. Because all people, atheist, agnostic, Hindu or Jew, Muslim, Christian, all Catholics, even you, we all deserve a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to say we have the phone lines open. If any of you have a question or a comment, the number, get your pen ready, is 877-275-8098. 877-275-8098. Of course, we're on Facebook at Ignite the Planet. Hey, Justin, speak to the parents out there who maybe feel like they're busy, they're good, they're doing good things, they're taking their kids to Mass. Maybe they don't know what you know in connecting with some of these kids, encourage them about the power that God has given them to make an even greater difference in their kids' lives. Yeah, I, I mean, I meet these kids, and all they do is, is, is want a hug from their parents. You know, it, it's great. Look, it's great I can take my kid to Mass, right? Because we go to daily Mass. It's great that I can pray my daily rosary, and every one of us should be doing that. You know, because those moments of prayer are going to, be seeds planted for you know for their eternal you know goal to get to heaven you know but i think what's most important is they see after those beads are finished you know after thanks be to god and we head out you know 
I think it's most important that they see that love in our heart, you know. And 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 one thing is is really that I always tell parents to do is at the most unique time you should be writing your kids letters. Mm. You know, write them letters. They can hold on to that. Mm. You know, hug your kid like you never. Like why why do we gotta wait till a funeral to 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 hug our kid even tighter? But why do we have to wait till? You know, some kid wants to end their life to hug them with everything we got. You know what I mean? Why don't we just wake up in the morning and hug our kids with everything we got? Because you never know. And this is I tell parents. You never know what they're feeling. You never know what they're going through. But giving them those different moments. And I don't know as a parent, because my kids are young, I just know what the youth are telling me across this great nation. Do you know what's interesting is when you came to Cardinal Stritch, and again, a full circle thing from you being a, a little brother in Christ to leading this amazing movement, you got this awesome bus with your mug on it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, God has blessed you with so many people who support you in, in reaching so many people. You have many big dreams. You're working with bishops. You're doing some amazing things. Anyways, focus, Greg. All right, so at the high school, just that, you know, you're somebody none of them had met before. Here's this guy. He comes in. You don't know anything about them, but I saw an entire school, hundreds of people's hearts opened and encountering a kind of authenticity, a kind of validation of their value that, you know, um, it was it was stunning. And so you kind of raise the question, ought that not be the kind of experience that kids at least feel in the water of their home, in the culture of a school, in the culture of a place that cares for them. Annie, I don't know if you want to share a little bit. You were in that environment. It was new to you. Um, what was your experience of your peers there when Justin came? I was honestly just totally blown away because when you're um, a new person in a new situation, no matter what it is, when there's people around, people have opinions about each other, and everyone was kind of trying to tell me, like, oh, stay away from that person, or oh, yeah, that person's really nice, and I was blessed with the wisdom to kind of just give people chances and let them, you know, whatever. Um, but everyone just seemed so stuck in their opinion of people. And these opinions seemed based on things that the, these people had done or had perceived to have done. And Justin, when you came, you just shattered all that. You shattered their perceptions of each other and you just opened our eyes to seeing each other as um, just being having so much dignity as being a person made in the image and likeness of God and um, just being able to look upon each other as real people with relatable struggles that everyone's going through and just uh, I, I can tell you so many stories of hearts that were changed that day and just um, the kids that I saw that were getting hugs and hugging each other kids that hadn't talked kids that had been fighting for years from what I had heard or understood or whatever was just amazing I mean the Holy Spirit was just working so intensely that day and oh my gosh the love and just the masks that were falling and people were giving each other permission to be real with each other and just to love on each other was just incredible. We've got this Live It gathering guide at massimpact.us, of course, every new every week. But the same questions, we invite families to commit just 30 minutes a week. And the, the first four questions that are regular, one is, what's a victory? What's a challenge? What's an affirmation? And uh, what's something new? My only point in saying that is, how often do we 
create a context where as a family or community or group, we give people permission to talk about what they're struggling with. Now, this is what that does for us. One, it helps my kids understand why I'm feeling pressure, or maybe why I was grumpy, or maybe why you know lost it, or I maybe understand why a child is struggling with a particular thing. So not only are they more merciful, they're praying for me. It becomes a saint-making kind of machine. Do you have advice of things like that, Justin, for families to um, more fully experience God's anointing and grace as a family or as a group? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, the two things I always go to is, you know, what are you thankful for? Mm. And what are you sorry for each day? Mm. You know, my kids, even at three years old, are opening up and saying, when they really do a three-year-old, my three-year-old son, when he hurts his brother, Mm. he hurts Mm. me or hurts his mom, Mm. at the end of the day now, they've trained themselves, okay, I need to say sorry. And, you know, sometimes it can become rehearsed and it's not from the heart because, you know, that's what happens when it's mm-hmm. routine. Mm-hmm. But what we like to do is what are you thankful for and what are you sorry for? You know, because those things go, go back, you know, you know, they go back to those things and they can reflect on that. And the other thing we did was my wife and I did something I think is pretty neat. We went away for a, uh, you know, retreat, just her and I, mm-hmm. and we put together a mission statement for our family. And I think something like that, we remember forever. Our kids know, what's the mission of the family? And they're like, it's kind of like God. When I ask them, it's like, God, help me, you know? Like, <laughs> but I don't care, even if they say, God, help me. And the mission is to be grateful, to love Jesus first and others no matter what. Anything outside that. So, you know, if they're treating somebody, you know, if they hurt their little brother or, or big brother or they hurt their little sister or their big sister i have them go is that part does that have to do with the mission they're like no dad and you know those three things are things that have helped us as a family you know to to really come back to and i think when 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 they could see especially a dad specifically say i'm sorry son i messed up that gives them permission to when they mess up to not fight back Absolutely. I'm sorry. That's very powerful. Justin, we have a caller who would like to ask you a question. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Justin. No cheap shots here, Mike. No cheap shots. (laughs) Uh, Do you remember me? Mike, you're the best, Mike. You're (laughs) amazing. I just had one question. Um... For, um, if you're in a public school, just, like, any simple way to, like, evangelize to any atheists that are, like, really downbeating against your religion? Excellent question. Oh, great question at a public school. Well, no matter what, you should be doing the sign across every day and, uh, you know, at lunchtime, number one. That's one of your greatest ways because it's just a great natural moment and then people ask you questions. Now, with an atheist in in particular, my dad's actually an agnostic, right? So my dad's yeah. an agnostic. So what do I do? I remember praying and going, you know, God, I said, what's the problem with my dad? You know, God put on my heart. He said, he's put on my heart. He goes, your dad loves me better than you do. And I was like, oh, man. So, Mike, this is what I ask you to do. All these atheists, you better go out there and love them. Mm. Love them like you never loved them before, right? right. Encourage them. Buy them them lunch. Save up your lunch money. (laughs) Maybe give up lunch once a month for an atheist. Mm. You know what I mean? That's great. Wouldn't that be great? All of a sudden, you're like, why is he buying me lunch? Don't say because I love Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know, 
then that's something I would have done in the past. Just say, hey, I just care about you. I just wanted to know that. They know you're Christian by your love. Okay. All right, thanks, Justin. You know, uh, you're the best, Mike. He's amazing. Say it with me, everybody out you're there. Amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> do I do I got to pay royalties? Do I got to pay royalties for saying that? You're amazing. <laughs> no, but they've got the whole movement out there now. People are jumping on board. It's That's hilarious. awesome. Well, my they kids got, do it. They got amazing parish now. <laughs> yeah, right. All oh, right, right. That's awesome. <laughs> they took it from you. They did. Um, we're gonna blow hey, through. It was, it's not from me. It's inspired by God. We're going to blow through this break because uh, we're, this, is, this is just really, really good. I think to Mike also um, that it's so important to find, you pray about even just one brother, one friend that you can share the faith with that um, is going to be a yep. source of strength for you, that you're going to pray with every day, that you're going to, you know, with sports and all that kind of stuff, that you know, hey, you're supporting me, I'm supporting you. Um, you know, if you're having struggles and challenges, let me know what they are. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, one person, pick one person that might be that atheist then and say, how can we pray? God, you know, reveal to me how I can love that person and see what's going to happen a month, two months, five months down there. Just a quick note. We got our presents for Christmas coming up December 1st. Check it out. It's going to be awesome. Here is an evangelization opportunity for everybody who is listening to invite somebody to pray about who you might invite to this event. Father Mark Davis is a magician. He's going to share the magic of Christmas. It's going to precede our first ignite. And uh, it's going to be an event that everybody will love. So begin praying, audience, about about who might God put on your heart to invite to that night and join you. Um, Justin, tell us a little bit until we uh, we'll get another call. Um, tell us about right now. You got EWTN. They've been filming you. Tell us about some of the cool things going on right now in your ministry. Yeah, I mean, actually, just now EWTN was filming this interview, so which is pretty funny. They go make sure the the radio station has this interview that they can send it to us because we'll need to use a portion of it. Awesome. So, that, so they got that, some good shots the, of the garbage can? <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they did pretty much. He was worshiping the, the garbage. And, like cigarette butts and, uh, you know, uh, duck poop or it's, something. It's you know, Bethlehem, like, who knows? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I mean, these 10 episodes next September, they'll be on. It's an exciting time for evangelization. And like like you said, Greg, uh, you know, really we're, our big thing is follow-up. So we've been doing a lot of public school events. Like, Mike, I can go into your public school. We have something called the Virtue First Foundation, and it's 52 virtues that you can celebrate in your public school. Now, somebody said, do you go talk about Jesus? Are you afraid to talk about Jesus? I'm not afraid, but I respect that just like, the law, you know, law to Caesar is the law to you. But what I do do is, I, Jesus isn't as arrogant as me. He doesn't need to hear his name all the time, you know? So what I'm able to do is bring the love of God, and then I invite them to a church event in the evening. And we just did one uh, this past week, and it was knockout. So that's something really exciting that we've been doing. The other thing that's been going on is our community event. You know, not only having the youth events, but then in the evenings having the parents come back with the young people and be able to encourage them. And it just keeps growing and growing. And, you know, the plans is we're working with the bishops to do more of, uh, you know, city center, uh, you know, events to take over a whole city. We're working on that. And God's just doing great things. And I'm humbled and honored to, to serve him. That's awesome. 
brother. I'm going to read a quote, and we're going to go into prayer to conclude this. We have about three and a half minutes left. St. Clair of Assisi spoke to me with this today. We become what we love, and who we love shapes what we become. If we love things, we become a thing. If we love nothing, we become nothing. Imitation is not a literal mimicking of Christ. Rather, it means becoming the image of the beloved, an image disclosed through transformation. This means we are to become vessels of God's compassionate love for others. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Justin, why don't you just lead us, and let's lift up this generation. Almighty God, we just pray. We pray for anyone that's going through depression, anybody that's lonely right now, anyone that's discouraged or feeling like, where is God right now? Or anyone that has a relationship with God saying, what do I need to do with my life? Almighty God, we just pray that you may fill their hearts right now to know that you love them, that you care for them and where they're at. But you love them so much not to keep them where they're at, but to help them press forward and be a victor. Lord, we just pray that we may be victorious in how we love God and how we love others and how we love you. Lord, just change our lives. And right now, if you're out there, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to give everything to him. I ask this to, to, to bow your head if you're, you know, driving a car, whatever you're going through, uh, just just pray with me and just ask God. Give him your pain. Give him your suffering. Give him your joys and your dreams and say, God, I need your help. And that's what we need. So, Lord, we just pray for all those that need God's help. Maybe they had a death in the family. Maybe they wanted to give up on life. That God give them the passion and encouragement in our hearts to know that there's a God that sent his only son because he loves them. Amen. Amen. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Justin, if you had a minute and a half to speak to the world, it was the last thing that they could hear. I want you to lay it on us right now. You know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you right now, there are people that are counting on you. Your kids are counting on you. Your grandkids are counting on you. Your friends, your sisters, your brothers, your enemies. They need one thing. They need your love. They need you to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. They need you and myself to go out there and hug them like you've never hugged them before. What if you did that today? You made it your job to pour your heart, to pour your heart into them. Go get them. You got work to do. We've got time for games. Now is the time, and you are the one. We love you, Justin. People out there, we are united in the love of Jesus Christ, who is the conqueror. Let's do it. It's time to move, the Pope says. It's time to move. You're with Ignite Radio Live. (laughs) Justin, we're going to get you back here soon, and you are in our prayers. And uh, you know you've got an outpouring of prayer for you, brother. Oh, I love you, Greg and Steph. I love you so much. much for joining us tonight on Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. God bless you all. Be assured of our prayers.
believe that he said what he meant and meant what he said when he proclaimed that his body is real food and his blood is real drink. Asking you will receive, to ask to receive that love and to know that love. Whatever those needs are, present them to the Lord tonight. Avail yourself of the opportunity that God gives to us tonight to allow him to be Lord, Savior, and Messiah. It's time to move. Open your hearts to Christ. Do not be afraid. He loves you so very much, and he wants to shower you with every blessing. God is faithful, and he's always with us. He waits for our yes. Take a chance. Give God everything. The Holy Spirit is moving. This is a historic moment. We're about more than a moment, but a movement. We're engaging pastors and parishioners in the great adventure of becoming dynamic communities of intentional disciples. For more information, go to massimpact.us. One world, one mission. Alive in Jesus Christ. And I'm from Ida, Michigan, and I just wanted to say I love Father Day's understanding the scriptures. I just appreciate it so much that I understand when I walk in church on Sunday what the gospel's going to be. And I just love knowing more about scriptures, so thank you to Father Day. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 21st. Today we celebrate Saint Hilarion. Despite his best efforts to live in prayer and solitude, today's saint found it difficult to achieve his deepest desire people were naturally drawn to Hilarion as a source of spiritual wisdom and peace. He had reached such fame by the time of his death that his body had to be secretly removed so that a shrine would not be built in his honor. A convert to Christianity, Hilarion was born in Palestine. For a time, he lived with Abbot Anthony of Egypt, another holy man drawn to solitude. Hilarion found a life of hardship and simplicity in the desert, where he also experienced spiritual dryness that included temptations to despair. At the same time, though, miracles were attributed to him. As his fame grew, a small group of disciples wanted to follow Hilarion. He began a series of journeys to find a place where he could live away from the world. He finally settled on Cyprus, where he died in 371, at about age 80. St. Hilarion the Great, as he is sometimes called, is celebrated as the founder of monasticism in Palestine. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.